That was beautiful, wasn't it? Just beautiful. What a great way to start our worship this morning. My name is Kurt Davis. I'm the Associate Pastor of Community Engagement and Program Development. And we are so happy that you are here at Westlake United Methodist Church today. I want to invite you to do something. We would love to have a record of your attendance here today. So there are some booklets at the end of your row. If you'll open that up and sign in, we'd greatly appreciate that. And then pass it down the row. And by the way, if you're looking and you're like, you know, I don't know all the names uh, on, on my row here. You could greet the folks in your row that you don't know yet by name at some point in the service, which would go a, a long way to helping everybody feel welcomed here at the church this morning. And if you're worshiping online with us, you can also sign in there as well. If you're watching on the live stream on the website, if you'll back out of full screen mode, there's a little red rectangle that says register your attendance above that little video screen. Uh, click that, fill out the form, come on back. If you're on Facebook Live, you can register on the link in the event page itself. Well, there are a few things happening here in the life of the church this week and in the weeks to come. Actually, a whole bunch of stuff I want to let you know about. First, in our children's ministry, I invite you to save the date for a program called Wonderfully Made. Uh, this is a program that is uh, interactive, has uh, discussion, and it's all about faith and sexuality. And it is uh, specifically geared for uh, students who are 10 to 12 years old, happening Friday, January 28th, Saturday, January 29th. So get that on your calendars, because uh, that's going to be a, a really great experience. Uh, children's uh, service Sunday on November 14th at 4 p.m., so uh, get ready for that. Our children's handbell choir is meeting uh, on Wednesdays from 4 to 5 p.m. right here on the church campus. So if you've got kiddos who are interested, uh, we actually heard them play a piece this morning in Children First, and it was beautiful. Uh, so we invite you to be a part of that as well. Our youth ministry has our Traveling Turkeys Progressive Dinner happening this Saturday, November 13th. Uh, from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. You can RSVP for this event uh, on the, our website on the youth page itself. So go ahead and RSVP there. Uh, we were in the midst of October. It was stewardship season. It's always stewardship season, right? But we had these uh, wonderful commitment cards that uh, were made available to all of you. And I want to invite you, if you haven't already, if you want to bring those in, that would be great. Or you can do that online as well. You can make your commitment online as well. We are collecting Halloween candy. Uh, and this is for our unhoused neighbors. And this will be distributed through Mobile Loaves and Fishes. So if you've got any leftovers, we've got a great spot for them. It'll make uh, some people's days and sweeten their tooth. Uh, so anyway, bring it on out. There will be some designated bins around the campus. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. We're so glad that you are here. Nita? Good morning, everyone. Let's stand and pray together our opening prayer. Faithful Redeemer, you are the beginning and ending of all things. You promise to wipe away every tear that death and mourning will be no more. You make your home among us and abide with us as our God. Teach us to live as the saints you call us to be, that we may truly be your people, living and doing your will. In the name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. 
please remain standing. And as I invite the choir to come forward to lead us in our opening hymn, I would like to share a little bit about this beautiful hymn. It is entitled, Abide With Me. It's in your hymnal number 700. These words were written by Henry Light in 1847, and they're based on Luke chapter 24, verse 29. The music was written by W.H. Monk in 1861, and what an honor it is to sing this beautiful hymn together this morning.
Good morning, saints. Good morning. Welcome to Westlake United Methodist Church. My name is Tracy Beadle. I'm the senior pastor, and I'm so glad that you're all here to worship with us this morning. We have a beautiful worship service planned where we will remember our saints. This morning, as we gather, we gather in the name of Christ, the one who abides with us in all things and who shares with us his own deep peace. I want to invite us now to turn to our neighbors and share the peace of Christ. Peace of Christ, it's good to see you. Peace of Christ, peace of Christ be with you. Peace, Jane, so good to see you. I think my mic's still in. Friends, on this All Saints Sunday, we join our prayers with all the saints, both past and present. And together, let us offer our prayers to God as an expression of our love for each other, for our community, and for our world. And for those of you who are worshiping online, I invite you to offer any joys or concerns that you may have in the chat or the comment section. Let us pray. God, we celebrate with Pam and Frank Cho and the wedding of their son, Alan, to Rachel Lloyd on November 5th. We celebrate the birthdays of Hudson Ciotti, Jeanette O'Dell, Richard Hargraves, Pat Hempel, and more. We celebrate the work anniversary of Maria Gonzalez, who begins her 19th year with the church and our facility staff. We give thanks for all of the pledges and commitments of time, treasure, and talents to further the ministry and mission of this church in the year 2022. We give thanks for all the healthcare workers and providers that work diligently to save lives in the midst of the ongoing pandemic. And God, may they know your strength and may they know our support. God, you know our needs even before we speak them. We are so thankful that we can take refuge in you, our rock and our redeemer. God, you understand the needs that we're facing, whether relational, spiritual, emotional, or financial. May we recognize that you are always with us through every situation and that you will direct us. And for all of those who grieve in any way, may your comfort and your peace be felt. Let's take the next few moments of silence to offer up to God that which weighs most heavily upon us. God of unfailing light, 
In your realm of glory, the poor are blessed, the hungry filled, and every tear is wiped away. Strengthened by this vision, may we follow in the way of holiness that your Son made known in life and death. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we believe. Help us with our unbelief that we might see your glory. And hold me up, God, that I might lift you up. Amen. Hear now the gospel of Jesus Christ according to John. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench, because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? This is a fitting question for us today. Today is All Saints Sunday. It's the day that we celebrate the saints who have gone on to glory before us. Today's lectionary scripture reading is just a small chunk of a much longer story, a story that most of us are familiar with. Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Jesus was just a little bit exasperated with Martha, I think. 
Glory is one of the central themes of John's gospel. Anglican bishop and New Testament scholar N.T. Wright points out that the ancient Hebrew word translated as glory here has to do with weight. It's something weighty, he says, something that means something, something that really matters, something that you cannot ignore. Glory, as it's meant in John's gospel, alludes, on the one hand, to authority, in particular God's authority over the world. And then there's also a sense, on the other hand, of the visibility of glory as we experience God's presence in the world. Namely, in John's gospel, through the revelation of God in Jesus Christ. Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? I imagine Jesus rolling up his sleeves and widening his stance because what he plans to reveal next is going to blow them away. Jesus has finally arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus and his two sisters, Martha and Mary. They're good friends of Jesus. Bethany was just a couple of miles outside of Jerusalem, our scripture says, and it turns out it's true. I was there just a few weeks ago. You can see modern-day Bethany at the top of this photo looking at it from Jerusalem. Jesus was in Jerusalem, Scripture says in the verses preceding our reading, for the festival of the dedication, or Hanukkah. Jesus was a very faithful Jew, so he traveled to Jerusalem for all of the high holy days. And when he did, oftentimes he would stop and visit with his good friends, Martha and Mary and Lazarus. The sisters had sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick in hopes that he would come and heal him. But Jesus didn't arrive in time. By now, Lazarus had died and been laid in a tomb four days ago. While Jesus was still on his way to their home, Martha ran out to meet him, speaking the exact same words that we just heard Mary speak. I'm not sure if it's a statement of faith or an indictment. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. The exchange that follows leads Jesus to reveal his full and true self to Martha, saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live, and those who live and believe in me will never die. I speak these words boldly. By the tombs of all those we lose, our beloveds, anytime I preside at a memorial or funeral service. In the moment, Martha responds with faith, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. But now, aghast at the notion of opening Lazarus' tomb after four days of decay, Martha's confidence in Jesus falters, prompting Jesus' question. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? We all, we can't be too hard on Martha. It's the exact same question Jesus asks each and every one of us. 
as we stand at the tombs of our saints. Do you believe? We as Christians all claim the faith of Martha. We believe and we say out loud that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. We speak these words or words a lot like them often in worship, in our baptism liturgies, in various creeds and statements of faith. But does Martha really believe? Do we really believe? Do we truly understand the implications of Jesus' words? I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus has been working really hard all throughout John's gospel to help us believe by demonstrating and revealing God's glory in every possible way. What the other three Gospels call miracles, John's Gospel refers to as signs, and Jesus has performed many of these signs up to this point. He's turned water into wine. He's healed the sick. He's cast out demons. He's fed more than 5,000 people on five loaves of bread and two fish. He's walked on water. All signs meant to reveal God's glory for one express purpose so that we might believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And Jesus says he is I am. I am, we read in the book of Exodus, is the name that God offered Moses on the mountain when Moses was having his own crisis of faith. He was concerned that he would not be able to live up to God's call on his life to lead the Israelites out of slavery, out of Egypt, to the promised land. So God told Moses, tell the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. For God says, this is my name forever and this is my title for all generations. In the grammatic, grammatical construct that John uses that gets translated here as I am, it makes it clear. Jesus reveals himself as this same one when he declares, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? When faced with difficult or painful realities, when confronted with life's tombs, our faith often falters. Just driving down the road on our way to a tourist site, we encountered this tomb. It was discovered and preserved as the road we were traveling on was being dug out of the mountain. You can see the road and the guardrail. It was a lot smaller than I imagined. I always imagined that a grown human could stand up in the entrance. But most of them, you would have to kneel down or maybe even, you'd have to stoop or even kneel down to pass through the opening. On All Saints Sunday, even as we celebrate those we have loved and lost, we are reminded of the many tombs we encounter. They're everywhere, often appearing when and where we least expect them. Some we seem to end up at over and over and over again. 
I've been thinking this week about the tomb of hate, the tomb that reeks of the stench of the evil acts perpetrated, often in the name of fate. In particular, I'm thinking of the many anti-Semitic crimes that have occurred in Austin in recent weeks. As those who claim faith in a faithful Jewish man who we say is resurrection and life, we are called to stand with our Jewish brothers and sisters, weeping with them at this tomb and speaking out against those who would perpetrate acts of hate against them based on a theology grounded in a warped understanding of Scripture. As we receive communion here in a few moments, you'll see a video of all those we have prayed for in the past year, all those whose tombs we've encountered, some of them more tangentially than others, some through friends or news reports, and then there are the tombs of those we loved deeply and will miss dearly, spouses, parents, children, friends, The video represents the many prayer requests that we've received in the past year by people standing at tombs weeping. It's been especially difficult, I think, during these pandemic times because in many cases, we haven't been able to be present with our beloveds in their last weeks and days of life before they pass on to the next. And in some cases, we haven't had the opportunity to celebrate their lives as we gather together and proclaim our faith. Yes, Lord, we believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one that is coming into this world, the one who is resurrection and life. Jesus asks us, do you believe this? It can be hard to believe, especially as we grieve, especially as we've grieved during COVID times, largely alone, or at least much less corporately. One of the most powerful things about this scripture for me is that Jesus wept. Jesus wept with all of those gathered at Lazarus' tomb. Jesus shared their grief, even knowing what he knew, even being who he was. It's a great comfort to me to know that we never, ever grieve alone because Jesus weeps with us at every tomb we encounter. And while it is truly miraculous that Lazarus was raised from his tomb, that's not the main point of the story. Lazarus' raising is a sign that points to Jesus and reveals that he is who he says he is. Lazarus' raising is so that we will believe that our saints have been and we will all be raised to new and eternal life. Jesus' raising of Lazarus is so that we will believe that no tomb has the power to hold any of us. Because we know that the tomb has absolutely no power over Jesus.
In Jesus Christ, tomb becomes womb, birthing life even in death. Jesus reveals through the raising of Lazarus and most powerfully in his own resurrection the true nature of life and death even as he claims power over both and in his demonstration of that power calls us to believe. The risen Christ is in our midst and so is resurrection, so is life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, they will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. The saints we remember today died in the faith. They believed. And though they died, they live. They live in the spectacular glory of the one who is resurrection and life. Believe this, and we shall all see the glory of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Tracy. Well, now we prepare our hearts to give as an act of worship and as an act of gratitude because God has been so faithful to us. Each month on the first Sunday of the month, we have a special opportunity for you all to give to support a partner ministry or nonprofit. This month, uh, your special offerings in the communion rail offering will go to support the work of our early response team and volunteers in mission. And that team is heading out to Louisiana this morning, uh, working in the southern part of Louisiana in the Huma area to help clean up all of the mess that exists after the wake of Hurricane Ida. And you have the opportunity to support that ministry as well as all of the ministry of, the, of this church. And you can do that in a few different ways. First, you can go to our website, westlake-umc.org. Uh, you can uh, make a one-time gift or you can set up recurring gifts. It's easy, it's convenient, it's what my family does. You can text WESTLAKEUMC in all caps to 73256. You receive a message with a link to give. You can mail a check to the church at any time that's convenient for you, uh, or you can place your uh, regular tithes and offerings in the, um, the offering plate uh, on the table as you leave today, or the, that communion rail, uh, which by the way, you can uh, offer that gift during communion at the rails here. That's why we call it the communion rail offering for the emergency response team and volunteers in mission uh, during the communion time. Thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. And now I invite you to turn your attention to the screen to hear a little bit more about the ministry and work of our ERT and VIM team. Good morning, everyone. I'm Jim Balthazar, and I, along with David Graham, represent this congregation in leading recovery and rebuilding missions in the wake of natural disasters in our area. Good morning, everyone. I'm Jim Balthazar, and I, along with David Graham, represent this congregation in leading recovery and rebuilding missions in the wake of natural disasters in our area. 
You supported us for four years after the Hurricane Harvey work in South Texas, and more recently this year in Harris County after the winter storm damage that occurred. But now we've been asked to start a new mission by the Southern Louisiana Conference in the wake of Hurricane Ida. Hurricane Ida hammered South Louisiana in the early September days with sustained winds of 150 miles an hour for hours. The destruction is shocking. But our mission is to do whatever we can to help these people recover. Our first trip was last month where we worked on 10 homes during the week. And our team leaves again this morning to continue the work. Our goal is to help every homeowner we can to stop the rain from getting in, removing wet and moldy drywall insulation and belongings so that they can start anew with a clean, dry home. We can't do this without you. The food you provide, the prayers you offer, and the funds you give us to purchase supplies and materials allows us to keep going back to serving those in the greatest need during the toughest time they've seen. The communion rail offering today will support our work and it will qualify for the mission match program, which will double your donation. We appreciate you so much. And of course, the people of Louisiana will appreciate you even more in their time of desperate need. Thank you. Thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you.
Now we prepare to receive communion on this Sunday when we remember all the saints who are no longer with us. And as a reminder, this is God's table. And it's a table of grace. You are welcome. You are invited. And you are called. Come, let us share this meal together. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. I invite you to join in this offering of praise to God, and you'll see the words on the screen. We praise you, O God, the creator of heaven and earth, God of Abraham and Sarah, God, God of, of Miriam, Miriam and, and Moses, Moses, God of Joshua and Deborah, God of Ruth and David, God, God of, of the, the priests and, and the prophets, prophets God, God of Mary and Joseph, God of the apostles and the martyrs, God of our mothers and fathers, God of our children to all generation. Every live, ever living God, this day revives in us memories of loved ones who are no more. What happiness we shared when they walked among us. What joy when loving and being loved, we lived our lives together. Their memory is a blessing forever. And we remember as well the members who but yesterday were part of our congregation and community. Joyce White. Jean Wortham. Walter Louise DeWalt. Karen Harrison Davis. Ronald Dean Walters. Jeanette Cecil. James Sonny Cochran.
Marky Duncan. John Wheat. I invite you now to lift the names of your saints, either silently in your hearts or aloud. We give you thanks that they now live with you. As a great cloud of witnesses, they surround us with their blessings and offer you hymns of praise and thanksgiving. They are alive forevermore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join the unending hymn saying, Holy, Holy, Holy holy Lord, Lord, God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Thank you, God, for sending us your son, Jesus, in the flesh. Embracing our createdness, Jesus showed us the way of salvation. As he lived among us, he fed the hungry, healed the sick, and welcomed the outcast and marginalized into the kingdom of God. On the cross, Jesus destroyed the power of sin and death forever and released creation from its bondage to decay. And in his resurrection lies the promise of restoration for all of creation. As we remember and look forward to that glorious future in this present moment, we pray with faith, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread. He gave thanks to you, O God, and he broke the bread. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after the supper was over, he took the cup. And again, gave thanks to you, O God. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, drink of this, all of you. 
This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for the whole world for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. Let's pray the following prayer of surrender together. As we remember your mighty and gracious acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves wholly and completely to you, just as Christ freely offered himself for us, and we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on all of us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. May we be nourished and renewed. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, one with the whole body of Christ, and one in ministry and service to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. The ushers will dismiss you row by row, <clears throat> and you can receive your communion elements. And I wanted to let you know, there are both elements within this one container. If you lift the top lid, you'll get to the wafer. And then once you do that, there's this really great trick. <laughs> if you lift up on the end of it and then push it down, you'll break the seal and it'll be much easier to get to the juice below, okay? It is very important. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so once you come forward, you are welcome to come to the table and to light a candle in memory of a loved one and then you can come to the rail to pray. And if you have a gift for volunteers in mission or the early response team, you can leave your gift there as well. The table is set. The feast is plentiful. Come taste and see that the Lord is good.
Was everyone fed? Then let's pray together this prayer after receiving. Loving God, we thank you for this unifying act of communion. We have done this in remembrance of you. By your grace, may the world know we are Christ's followers by our love for one another. And may we be empowered by your Holy Spirit to love all of your creation as you love them. Amen. Please stand and join me in our closing hymn for all the saints in the United Methodist Hymnal number 
resurrection and he is life. Behold, the glory of God in the lives and faces of all those around you, the body of Christ. May we go forth this week as those who are promised resurrection and life, even in death, knowing that the love of God, the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit are with each and every one of us now and always. Amen.